when I saw that, I stopped the shooting. I said, I will not dance if you put cocaine. Why the meaning of belly dancing is drugs? Why in a place where it's a belly dancer is drugs? So I stopped the shooting. I told him, if you want to continue, remove this because I don't do it. Welcome to Belly Dance Live podcast. My name is Jana Komarnitska. I'm a full-time dancer based in Toronto, performing a variety of Middle Eastern and Central Asian dance styles, including belly dance. You can find me at janadance.com as well as on Insta or Facebook by Jana Dance or Jana Komarnitska. I'm happy you've decided to join us for this weekly dose of dance inspiration because here on this podcast we explore all nuances and insights into lifestyle of ballet dancers and we are having amazing star guests who share their stories secrets and tips with you hello guys i love 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 hearing from you thank you everyone for submitting your podcast uh, forms and letting me know what you like in this podcast which episodes were your favorite which ones you would love to hear in the future i love hearing back from you i did a raffle and announced winner on september 1st as promised uh, but also i'm gonna leave the form on the website so you can reach back to me anytime you want just the raffle is gone but i still want to hear back from you also just before we jump into this uh, incredible interview with brenda that you are about to hear i want to talk very quickly about one thing that i think is a struggle of all ballet dancers is time to practice on your own we all keep hearing that to be a better dancer we need not only to practice in the studio under the teacher's guidance but also to practice on our own and the more we practice the better results are but then the question often we have is okay how i need to practice on my own okay i may know i need to work on my arms or on my hips but what music should i practice how exactly i should practice those moves or uh, should I maybe study and do some research about history and culture instead? Or m- maybe I should just work on the choreography for my upcoming recital? All those questions are very often in our head and something that are preventing us from actually being enthusiastic about practicing on your own because we need to figure out first what exactly to do before we can do it. Or another situation, we actually focus only on rehearsing choreographies. So it's like, uh, oh, I have upcoming performance, I need to practice it. I have it's either my own or choreography from my teacher, so I'll just practice it. And yes, of course, we do have results from it too. But how often after performance you t- took a look at your videos and then you see like, uh, it's okay, but I was hoping it's actually way better. And then you kind of see and you know that it's not the way you would love it to be, but you can't exactly figure out what's the problem and how you need to adjust your training in order to get better results. So I would love to let you know about one awesome resource that you can get to help you figure out all those questions and it's a free 15 page ebook on figuring out what to practice basically this uh, guide will uh, 
walk you step by step through the process of identifying what are your strengths and what are your challenges in the dance and how you need to adjust your training to become a better dancer and to get your skills to the next level. This is absolutely free ebook, so just go and get it. It's there and uh, I'm sure you will get at least some of the very useful tips from there. I love how in that ebook uh, they walk you step by step by first analyzing your dancing and then seeing how you can adjust your training. So I just wanted to let you know about this awesome resource. It's a free ebook and the link will be in the show notes. So go to this episode show notes and the first link will be a guide to figuring out what to practice and again it's free just click there and get it and enjoy your practice and I hope it will help you to improve your training on your own and now without further delay let's jump into the interview with amazing Brenda Hello guys, this is another episode of Ballad Dance Life podcast and I'm really thrilled today because I have a pleasure to chat with delicious Brenda, if I may say so, <laughs> an Argentinian dancer who currently resides and works in Cairo. Uh, she has studied her ballet dance journey quite a long time ago. In 2008, she already graduated as a ballet dance professor from Amir Talib uh, School, as well as her uh, training began much earlier than that even. Uh, Brenda also had uh, multiple appearances in TV programs, in radio and uh, stations at magazines. Uh, one of her highlights was participation in the Alra show, which I'm very excited to, to dig in today and talk about. Uh, but uh, today Brenda is one of the most popular and successful dancers in Cairo. She has uh, every night uh, shows at Blue Nile Cairo as well as she uh, teaches and travels still also around the world and inspires other dancers with her dancing. So welcome to the show Brenda. I'm really happy to host you here. Thank you so much. I'm really happy also and uh, I hope you will know everything what you want tonight. today. Uh <laughs> Very exciting. So let's start from the very, very beginning. Just a little time machine back. Uh, do you remember your first time that you saw ballet dance or you had this thought in your mind, oh, I want to go and learn ballet dance? How everything started for you? <laughs> Uh, look, actually, I was always interested about Oriental, uh, Middle Eastern uh, culture. Well, you know, like in school, I always choose the topic about uh, Islam or uh, if I have to make any inter in, in investigation about any countries, I always choose these countries. I don't know why. And later on, I think like many dancers, um, I always wanted to dance. When I saw Shakira, it was like, oh my God, really, I really want this. And then uh, El Clon, I don't know if you know El Clon, yes. the, mm -hmm. the, the TV show. So I was decided to do that. And then I just started learning. And in that moment in Argentina, it was a boom, you know. So you, you, can, you could find everywhere school, uh, but basic, basic dancers. So I started there 
And later on, I moved to another school in the city center because I'm not from the city center of Buenos Aires. And then I just started working because people started calling me for shows. I still remember my first show. It was when I was 15 years. <laughs> and when they called me, I was surprised. And I asked my, my teacher, if can I do it? And she said, of course, move. And then I started dancing, uh, you know, more for the collectivity in Argentina. And also I was interested in dancing Dapka. So I went more into the culture. And then uh, I started dancing in one of the most famous restaurants in Argentina. The name is Al Shark. I was the first dancer there for five years. And um, there I met Amir Taleb and I started studying with him. Of course, I wanted to improve my dance. And... Like this, I start going into the belly dance world. I, 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 by the way, I still have pictures. I asked my mom a few days ago to send me some pictures from the first first time I danced because I still have it in, in Argentina. Mm, that's so awesome. I also know that you, uh, before doing ballet dance, you also studied uh, different other kinds of dancing as well as you uh, stud, uh, studied theater. Yeah. Moreover... Afterwards, you actually graduated as event and show organizer from university. Mm -hmm. Do you yeah. think all those skills helped you in your further ballet dance career? Sure, sure. Anything extra, it's welcome. I think in any kind of art, okay? Um, for example, when I start studying in my, in my university about uh, weddings and, and events organizer, I just thought, okay, I'm doing this, uh, organizing my theater shows, etc., without knowing nothing. So I will improve it, you know. Uh, dancing, other kind of dances, it was before belly dance. I danced tango, I danced salsa. I danced uh, even tarantella, Italian dance. So later on, when it was a time to maybe, okay, I will show in Egypt tango, oriental tango. I knew some steps from tango, and I could teach my partner about. Then I danced maybe fusions, you know, like Latin music fusions with uh, oriental, like Despacito or Dum Dum Tan Tan. And I know some steps from from the original music, so it's be nice to make fusion. And I think it's nice to open your mind to so don't be close only to one thing. So of course it helps. Anything extra is always welcome. Mm. That's interesting to hear. And uh, uh, did I understand correctly? Like you do now some fusion elements in your shows in uh, Cairo. Uh, how Egyptians react <laughs> because we as a ballet dancers we often hear the opposite like that Egyptians they like only classical or traditional styles uh, but how is uh, fusion today in Cairo scene is it accepted is it welcomed or is it still something not really no 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 it's really welcome I think Egyptians are more open-minded than foreigners ballet dancers actually <laughs> oh. because here Look, if you see every day the same, you want something different. They are looking at the same belly dance style since belly dance starts. 
So first of all, uh, yes, they are against dancers who don't understand the lyrics. They are against dancers who have no feelings. They are cold, of course. They want someone who understands what she's doing. So if you don't understand what you are doing and you put something new on, on it, it will be welcome. Like, I don't know, lead, music, lead uh, costume, for example, or something uh, with a sword, something new. And actually, if you see, I think many Egyptian dancers, they are now trying to copy or not copy, but trying to get that element into their music or their move, the movement. Before, the very dancers didn't used to dance with their hair at all, Egyptians. And now they are dancing with the hair uh, or putting some um, um, elements like the wings, for example, or the poise. Now the Egyptian dancers are doing it. So since that, not since, actually it's very welcome, but also you need to know where to use it. I dance every day, every night in a restaurant, which is more traditional. So in the restaurant, for example, I never use my lead costume. I never make a fusion with uh, Latin music. I, I use another kind of costume. But in the disco, people is going there to get, to get fun. So of course they love it. I dance with many with fire. I dance uh, with uh, what else? With the costume, with lead costumes. I dance uh, with um, boys. I mean, I make fusions, uh, and the costumes are different. The kind of music also is different because in uh, in a disco you will dance just shabby uh, and ballady music, and no. Of course, in the restaurant, or uh, you you will dance, an, or the restaurant, or the hotel, you will dance another kind of classical music. So, what I think is not accepted is you dance in a classical music with something crazy or new, or you know, in, uh, the innovation should be for the place and with the music for innovation, not to mix. Both of them. If you do it in the right way, it's very accepted. I made even tango in a restaurant and tango even in a disco, and it was very welcome. You know, so you, I think you need to know where and when and how to put it, and it will be really welcome. Really, Egyptians, they love to see something new. And of course, not all your show, like a touch. You cannot dance all your show, uh, fusion or something crazy. No. And of course, if you have the feeling, they will love it. Mm, that's so interesting to to know. It's uh, it's completely different experience. I also guess than you dance in ballet dance community, and then you dance for Egyptian audience and. Uh, all the myths, uh, myths <laughs> that exist mm -hmm. among dancers, what it's supposed to be like or what it should be or what it is in the Middle East, uh, they're sometimes very far from the reality of what actually is going there. <laughs> Especially because it's life sort of dance in terms that it's still a part of culture and because culture changes always, so the approach to dance also changes through time. No, I think also it's about the, the um, how to tell you, the public, the, there is different people that you are dancing for, okay? So the experience of any dancers will change according to the people they are dancing for, okay? If you are dancing in a five hotel with uh, open-minded people, they will love to see you dancing fusion, 
because they know the music. For example, when I made Despacito, uh, here it's a boom, and still it's a boom, <laughs> the song, I'm tired from that song, but people love it. So uh, everybody knew the music. So it was like a boom. Then you can see even Dina dancing on Despacito. So it seems that Egyptian music, Egyptian people, sorry, they love it. I mean, Dina was dancing on Despacito. There is videos of her dancing Despacito, but where? In a wedding? No. For a kind of uh, public, which was the A-class public. So it's, you should know where to dance it. And, and different dancers, they have different experience, of, of course. Yeah, that's so, so true. Uh, jumping sort of forward from uh, your beginning of your ballet dance journey to the show Al Rakesa, uh, how did you got involved in it? Uh, was it something that you were actively looking for? Was it by surprise? <laughs> no, actually, it was. Uh, I followed Dina on 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 Facebook, and I saw a, a post. Uh, from her, and she just asked uh, something like, do you think that you can be the best belly dancer in the world? Something like that. I was like, what? <laughs> so she said, if you think so, just send me a message, and I will tell you how to be. Okay, I sent her. You know, something like, you don't think that they will answer even. So I sent her, I want to know what this... Uh, what are you talking about? And they send me, look, it's a new program, la, 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 la. They explain for me everything. And then they ask for a video. I send them. And then they ask for another video. I send them. And they told me after two weeks, we will answer to you. And they took like one month. Egyptian time, but okay. I was waiting. And by the way, after like two weeks, I was like, okay. I will forget, maybe they didn't choose me. Uh, so when they called me, they just told me that I was accepted, that they will send me the tickets and the contract and everything in the upcoming weeks. And it was like this. They told me that there was many people from Argentina actually sending their their videos. Uh, but I was the only one choose from all Latin America. So I was really happy to listen, to hear that. Because uh, it was dancer dancer from all over the world and only one from Latin America. I was really happy, but I think also it makes us think uh, that maybe there is something that uh, we should check about our dance a little bit more. And now I think Latin America is getting stronger uh, in Egyptian dance. That's so exciting, so interesting, and uh, the fact that you almost uh, gave up and didn't expect uh, to be chosen, and then suddenly they call you and invite to the show. That's so super yeah. exciting. What was your first impression then you got there and then you actually realized that, that what you were getting involved into? <laughs> uh, no, of course, I was very happy, uh, very excited, and when I went I get in in the into the the hotel and I mean from the airport I have cameras with me it was really strange uh, because usually I used to make up programs TV shows but interviews but I'm just went out from the from the airport and I had a lot of cameras with me it was really funny uh, so okay this will be now 
my new my new life for the following weeks. It was months actually, but I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I was very impressed uh, about the opinion of uh, the um, the producers and the cameramen, people who was working there, because they had another idea about belly dancers. So they were surprised why we don't go out at night or why we don't smoke, why we we make rehearsals. And uh, they were actually surprised that belly dance for us is something serious and professional. So I was surprised how people think about belly dancing. Uh, here in Egypt, it was my because we always have the idea, okay, belly dance for them is something bad, but we don't realize how much still we live here. So for me, the be- first impression was uh, about this topic: how they don't believe we are professionals at all, and how we change their mind. I mean, foreigners, and also um, the life of Egyptians, how different it is to us uh, of Egyptian dancers. I mean. And maybe some people they were fighting about who is bigger in the show, and we had problems because they didn't want to make rehearsal with us, with foreigners, uh, because they don't know how to count actually on the music because they do it with the with the lyrics, and we were counting in the music, so we had to change the choreography because they didn't know how to follow the, the choreography. So it was really. I, that changed my mind a lot, and I, I could see like the difference between being Egyptian and dancing with the music or with the lyrics, and dancing by instinct, and being a foreigner and dancing with the steps and counting and having the technique, because I think dancing is a fusion between both of them. It's not this or that; it's both of them. So I was really impressed, and actually, if I, I think. I used to dance different in that moment than how I, I dance now because now I know the, the language. So sometimes I was really, I felt frustrated because they give us the song like one day before or maybe 30 minutes before and I didn't know the lyrics at all. And I had to improvise and the music for Egyptian people who is expecting for you to know the music and the lyrics and I didn't know it. So it was sometimes frustrating, but I learned a lot in that program, and I really loved to be there. I feel really, really um, happy and grateful for having the opportunity to be there and sharing that moment and knowing Egyptian dancers from inside helped me a lot, a lot, a lot for what came later that was living here. That's so interesting to know, like we heard from some of our previous guests too, the difference in uh, approach to ballet dance career from Egyptian dancers and from foreign dancers, but this is a uh, different layer and it's uh, super interesting to hear uh, the story that two completely different approaches to music, one more intuitive, another more counting, but you had to work as a group. You had to make it work together. Yeah. Yeah. So when we used to make the choreographies all together, it was uh, it, it was sometimes a problem. We had problems actually. It was a lot of fights uh, in the program. I think you can, but always with women Egyptians 
not with us. Uh, we were just trying to make them calm down uh, because they have very um, hot <laughs> uh, personalities. So we had to make them calm down, you know. But it was a problem sometimes to fusion both cultures in the one choreography to dance it all together. But finally we did it and I think it was a good, a good, very good job. And it was good to show people, you know, that when the program was released, they, it was canceled. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know about this. Uh, it was canceled for one month because uh, it was many different groups that uh, went to complain with the authorities and they had to make a case on the co- in, in court telling that they, they said that we were uh, not ethical, we were por- por- porno <laughs> for dancing, and the show is going to kill the families and the moral of Egyptian people. So they had to show that it was not true. And um, it was really <laughs> a surprise for us that all that work was, because it was uh, not a live show, okay? So it was uh, I was at home, I remember, and I was like, oh, my God, after these three months there, <laughs> I, I I hope they will they will release it finally. And uh, finally they did it, they did it. But it was hard because many people were against it. So it was nice to show that kind of people, maybe will not change their minds, okay? Because who has time to do this really will not change their mind. But at least for the people who watch the show, we show them that we are professionals and know and to change at least little bit the idea that they have for, about the lead dancers. So after we finished the show and when we I came here to work, people were telling me this, that they are proud that people is taking or dancers are taking in a professional way their dance. Because actually it's one of their the jewels of of, of Egypt. You have the pyramid, you have many good things here. And one of them is dancing. Uh, so it's nice that some people, some dancers, take it in a professional way and show it to the world in a professional way and teach it and learn about the music and the singers and the old dancers and everything about the culture just to put it on stage. So they were glad about it. Mm. Well, happy to hear about it. It's, of course, uh, very sad that there is such approach in Egypt to ballet dance because it's such an integral part of their culture and it's so spreading all around the globe now and uh, it's almost like uh, I don't even know is it now really just Middle Eastern dance or like international dance that unites uh, people uh, all around the world Uh, but it's great that we have some projects that can really show insights in the ballet dance life uh, and uh, people can have different opinions about uh, I don't know the art form or the performance itself but at least it builds slowly by slowly a respect to the profession and maybe not in one take or one uh, moment but gradually hopefully uh, gets more credibility to, to the profession in general so yeah I think people is changing their minds about ballet dance uh, since the time of Samia uh, Gamal, anyways, in that moment also they were not, they were treated like artists, but anyways, always there was um, a black shadow under the very dancers, even in that time, okay? Because now we take them as examples, but in that moment, 
also they were not like they didn't have a good reputation they but they were treated not like a prostitute <laughs> now i think um people is changing their mind slowly time by time because um now the dance is upgrading little bit so i think in the future we can talk uh, about the dance uh, in another way in Egypt because you know there is many uh, there is problem for anybody dancers but more for Egyptians that they cannot say that they are dancers for their cultures um, their families their religion there is many many reasons so I hope one day in the future either foreigners or Egyptians they can show the world that they are very dancers without having any problem because here still has there is a big amount of people, big percentage of the population that thinks that very dancing is almost the thing of prostitution or the same or even worse. You know, if when you want to insult some someone, you just say the asa. The asa is dancer. Okay? It's the word for belly dancer. So how comes that something that for us is uh art for them is prostitution, you know? But I think slowly, maybe after a few 30 years, maybe after 50 years, uh, they will be able, Egyptians and foreigners in Egypt, they will be able to show it to everyone without without feeling uh, ashamed for it or without feeling guilty or without being afraid. Because maybe, uh, I know a lot of dancers and a lot of people that is afraid they, here in Egypt to say that they are dancers. They they can be really aggressive on street, they can be really uh they can harm you, they can do they can do it even if you are not a dancer. So can you imagine if they think, oh my God, she's a dancer. She's showing everybody her her body. So I can touch it. You know, because really is the mentality that they have on street. So I hope one day after a few years they, everybody will be able to do it without hiding themselves. Mm, yeah, hopefully. Do you think that one of the main reasons uh, for such uh, attitude to ballet dance is uh, costume? Especially with uh, current Egyptian trends that costume get uh, uh, more and more revealing, or I would say... Uh, they're not showing anything, but they pretend to show. Like, you know, like a lot of dancers get to this tricky fashion of being on the edge of what's really acceptable or not. Do you think that may cause a big uh, trouble for ballet dance uh, uh, reputation? Or is it something completely different? No, no. I think it's about many factors. Okay. Um, look, for example, we are talking about uh, Samia Gamal, Sahar Saki. Okay, in that moment, all or in the films, even if they have a long, long costume, uh, so Hosni, they always make a, the very dancer like uh, someone who is dancing at night, who is uh, going out with married men, who is getting drunk before going on stage. Always there is a shadow of something forbidden in the movies. So if you are watching that kind of movie since uh, 50 years or 60 years, you have two generations of things actually that 
belly dancers are like this. Either if they cover or not, the attitude that they have in the movies is like this. And nowadays, for example, I have a, I have the opportunity to shoot um, one of them. It was in a movie, and I should be a prostitute. And I said no. So then they changed and they just put me in a video clip, and I said just two words. And really, really, I don't want to put to add more um, how to say fantasy, like if we are prostitutes. Why every dancer has to be a prostitute? Put put someone in a, in a the, the people in the office is not a prostitute. Yes, there is people that sleep with people. I mean, everywhere in a hospital. I don't know. So why just the body dancer? So I refused that that paper on the movie. Someone else did it. Uh, I will not say who, but someone else did. But for me, I care about. The, the, I think it's a responsibility for us belly dancers to show what we want. You have to respect the dance for others to respect it. Okay? So it's not about the costume. You can use a very short costume, uh, a very uh, short skirt, okay? And you will not, have, you, and if you dance in a proper way, it's okay. Or, uh, I don't know, you can, if you are not showing, really showing, of course, you can have a costume that is like if you are showing, but you're not showing, you are not naked, okay. It's not a problem. The problem is your attitude. The problem is what you do. Once I went to a video clip and uh, it was a kind of something funny, like kind of funeral, and then I don't know why I came, dancers came, so everybody started dancing like if they were in a club. And when I came, they put shisha and they put like, you know, people like happy and they put cocaine. They put like two or three bags of cocaine. So I st- when I saw that, I stopped the shooting. I said, I will not dance if you put cocaine. Why the meaning of belly dancing is drugs? Why in a place where it's a belly dancer is drugs? So I stopped the shooting. I told them, if you continue, if you want to continue, remove this because I don't do it. Every day, I don't dance in a place with drugs. Why I will show this if it's not true? At least not me. So they remove it and we continue. Sounds good. But really, the problem is that in the imagination of people, or in, in the conscience of people, uh, because of the movies uh, from a long time ago, not it's not the only reason, but from a long time, uh, that's the idea they have. And the truth is that many of the dancers that are working since that time, they come from very poor families, they have no education, and they just take it as easy money. So uh, dancing in places like cabaret, like nightclubs, that I don't know why people have the idea that dancing there is nice, because it's not nice nowadays. You are just dancing for money. So uh, there is dancers that will do it, and there is dancers will not, will, that they will not do it. But if you are with a man showing you money, and telling you, come here. So you have to dance for him, for money. They will do whatever is possible just to get more money. Like if they have to show boobs, they will show boobs. They have to, to dance on, on their tables in a dirty way, they will do it. So that's why. So I think it's not just the costume, it's how you, you dance and what, what you represent in dance for others. Nowadays, we have many dancers that they don't show nothing and they are famous and they don't need to show nothing. So the people will think what you show them 
and not about your uh, your costume. What you show them about everything, your behavior, about everything. So many years with that idea, of course, destroy the image of belly dance. And really, really, there is many dancers that they, but it's not only in belly dance that they use it and then they are prostitutes. But not only in belly dance, that's the point. I think there is prostitution everywhere. You know, if you see on TV, there is prostitution in the theater, anywhere. Ballet dancers, I don't know, everywhere. But if you put, if you ask to eat the idea of the movies, that will kill the reputation of belly dance. And this is what happened since 50 or 60 years ago. And nowadays, also in Egypt, uh, there is many scandals because like everywhere and like, uh, I mean, even in Argentina and I think everywhere, when you have a scandal, you are in the media. So they make any scandal to be on top of the media. So, of course, you will you will have a lot of work and you will have a lot of money, but people will think in a very bad way about belly dance. You know, if you go out and you, for example, you, if you have a video clip and you have the, 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 the chance to show something, show something nice. If you have a lot of media, don't go and dance naked because you will put in the mind of people that what they think about belly dance is true. But today, sadly, is what people buy. Okay, so they think about themselves, okay, I will be famous because here we very dancers, we are really like, we are like celebrities. So you are famous and you get a lot of money. But destroying that art that is giving you that money and that um, prestige. You know, so it's, it's hard, I think, to, to come back from this. Mm, that's such also a strong reminder that we as ballet dancers are responsible for our own reputation by themselves instead of blaming uh, all this is like the culture, people's attitude. Just remember that we build this attitude and we need to take actions whenever we can to avoid uh, uh, enforcing such such reputation. So that's uh, thank you for sharing this uh, story. That's a great uh, reminder and inspiration for, for everyone. And one other thing that just came to my mind that you was describing all this influence of uh, movies uh, and the TV in general, uh, that's so true. I just realized that in advertising, what they uh, sometimes do, they're not trying to sell the product directly but they are trying to sell people the feeling and uh, environment that they will get from uh, from getting this product like if, even if you think like of any i don't know big brands like whatever it is like coca-cola or pepsi or whatever they always mm -hmm. give some feeling it like oh reconnect with your friends or have a great party or take it on adventure they're selling like i don't know the car advertising or something else it's never really about the product itself but it creates impression that people will get to that environment or get that feeling exactly. of satisfaction if they get the product and it applies mm -hmm. not only to products in this case it applies to uh whatever like marketing or in this case it connects ballet dance, be associated with all those 
other things like uh, drugs and alcohol and crazy partying or something like that. So, and not only fun stuff, a lot of bad stuff too, but uh, people are drawn. We not always get the best choices for us. <laughs> we sometimes go mm-hmm. with the trends and whatever media, media feeds us. So, yeah, that's very, very powerful story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also briefly mentioned that uh, our Casa show influenced your current career a lot. <laughs> uh, so can you just uh, tell us, because I know that now you are a successful ballet dancer in Cairo. Uh, was uh, that show, Alra Casa show, one of the factors that you moved uh, and worked in Cairo or was it some other factors that brought you there? <laughs> no, 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 definitely it was the only one, the only factor. That's why I'm telling you it really changed my 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 life. After we shoot from March till May 2014, uh, yes, 2014. So and the, the the show was released 13 September. Then they cancelled and we came back in October. And so I was in Argentina in that moment. Uh, and. Uh, after the show, during the show, I started getting more some call, some emails and contacts asking me to work here. And then when the show finished, I had many many people calling me to work here, managers and and places. But I, actually, I didn't trust anyone because I had the idea that here the dancers, the foreigner dancers, they will not get many a good salary or I had the idea. I didn't know what was happening here with Alra Kisa. So I just had the idea that, okay, maybe I will go and I will finish dancing in a very ugly place and they will pay nothing for me. So I was afraid to come here and sign any contract. So I just decided to come and try for four months. I had my ticket for four months and I had another, actually I had another contract in Morocco so I was okay. I will be two months here and two months in Morocco. And when I came here, I found that the the, the belly dance, the Al Rakisa, was really successful, and people like on street they knew my name, and it was a lot of possibilities to work on with singers in video clips and etc. So actually, I canceled my work in Morocco and I canceled my ticket to come back to Argentina. And I stay here. So definitely, yes, it changed my life. And I'm really happy that I was there, even that uh, I was not the winner. And, but I learned a lot there about the, the Egyptian dance and the behavior of Egyptian dancers and how it's life here. So I'm, I'm really happy that I, I was the part of al And yes, it was the main reason to move here. I never think in my life before, I never thought that I will be dancing in Egypt. Actually, I had many proposals to go. I, I was dancing in Lebanon. I was dancing in Dubai before. But I, and I had proposals to contract to move there, uh, to go to Tunis, to, to Arab countries, to Middle East. And I always refused it because I was afraid, you know, that it's always, and I was, I was so young when they started offering me that contract. And I, 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 I could imagine myself dancing maybe in that part of the Middle East, not in Egypt at all. And okay, it just came 
because God and effort from, from me, I think also. So it came and I'm really happy that it happened. Throw a rakita, sure. Mm. How does dancing in Egypt different from dancing in other Middle Eastern contracts, like in Lebanon or Tunis or Morocco, like whatever experience you had previously? How is it different? Uh, before, I, but I was not dancing in Morocco, in, in, sorry, in, in Dubai. I was a choreographer and dancer for uh, the government. Actually, it was not very dancing. It was a dance for uh, folklore. Oh, I see. I was uh-huh. a choreographer. Yes, totally different. <laughs> I was a choreographer there for a TV show for the for the government of Dubai. Uh, so we used to make every day two shows, different shows for TV. And I was a choreographer for the girls. And in Lebanon, I was dancing in, in um, Safa group and some shows for the new year, which were, were private. So for me, I didn't have the experience finally to work there. The, 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 the offer I got to work in Morocco, which is a little bit similar of the ones I got before, in, but I didn't go for the Middle East. Uh, actually, the, the difference, what I think is that uh, you are attached to one place there. So you have daily, daily performance there. And they will not work on your name because there, uh, there is no, um, for example, if you can dance uh, every night there and maybe have some weddings, but you not, you will not build a name in the, uh, 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 with people. Like you will not go on street and they will know you because you will not be on TV, but they will know you because people who is in the circle of going to the restaurants or to the cabaret, you know, but not uh, to be popular here because you have the chance to be on TV. You have, or at least us that we went out from a TV show, we have the chance to be on TV, on film, on, on video clips. So you build your name. The work is actually this, it's not the same in the steps, how you make the, the, the show, because there you dance more Dabke and here no, you dance there more Halichi and here not that much. And here we change our costumes like five times or four times by show. There they use only one costume by night. Here uh, we have our our apartment and there they live in the hotels. So there's some difference about the, the contracts, but I think... Both of them are amazing. Actually, I was going to work in Morocco, but I canceled. And uh, I have a lot of friends dancing in the Middle East, and they are really happy there. And of course, it's a lot of sacrifice because you are far from your family, and you have to work even if you are sick, because you need to work because you have no day off, or you have one day off by by week maybe. And it change, of course, a lot if you are in a contract with a manager or an empresario, uh, rather if you are alone, of course it's changed a lot, because here you can have the same contract Funny in the Middle East if you are under uh, management. Uh, but most of us, we are like um, alone, like me, for, um, for me, I'm alone now. So, so that's the main difference, just how you will project your career but the work is almost the same because we dance all one hour by show or 45 minutes like them. 
And I think both, both works are amazing, <laughs> actually. And you mentioned that right now you are alone, so you're not working with any managers uh, or agents? No, managers, I believe, in, in Cairo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm alone. I'm working by myself. And uh, how is it like for you as a foreign dancer to be your own manager? That's I can only imagine. That's quite uh, challenging. Like I'm doing sort of the same here in Toronto, but in Toronto we don't have option of having managers for ballet dancers because it's not that popular. Uh, there is not much demand. But in Cairo, I can only imagine it's completely probably different story of being your own manager. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about this uh, part uh, of of your dance career? <laughs> sure. Uh, look, in the beginning, I used to have a manager, but here the managers are your worst enemies, I think, <laughs> because you 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 should feel protected by them, and you should feel like they care about you, and actually, they you are just meat that makes money for them, so they will try to. To, to to suck your life, you know? So it's really hard. Uh, I had a manager for about six months here, and I had actually many problems, um, many fights, many legal problems. I went to the court to, to break the contract. Uh, he was really bad, and for him, dancers are prostitutes. Uh, so I refused to have the behavior that he wanted me to have with clients. So finally, I I refused working with him, and I said, okay, I will start working alone. I tried with other other managers that never signed any contract because I already had the bad experience with this one. And uh, finally, I decided to work by myself. When I started working in Blue Nile, I already had my papers, my license, and a fixed work. So I said, okay, let's build my name by myself. And I did it. I am still working on it. I have people who talk in the phone. I mean, when you call for any contract, of course, it's not me who's talking. I have uh, someone who is responsible for the calls and the social media and many things. Not not social media for the marketing, I mean. Not social media. I try to always answer by myself. Uh, But yes, for the marketing area. And and for the photo sessions and etc., he is the one who manages everything, the, like the agenda, and gives the prices and takes the deposits and talks with the empresarios or whoever wants, or the groom and the bride or whoever wants to hire me. Uh, but he's working for me. I'm not working for him. So for me, it's the best. But of course, you have a lot of problems. For example, I I choose who comes to my band. So I have to make a kind of um, audition for for them, for the singers, for when I change someone inside my band. So when you have a manager, you just go and dance. You don't choose nothing. You don't choose the singer. You don't choose nothing. Maybe you can have an opinion, but you don't choose. It's more easy, and you have the contact already, and the manager has the contact, so he will tell you, you dance here, you dance there. When you're alone, you have to build your own um, network Okay, and you have to, to to choose your musicians and everything. So it's a little bit more hard, I think. Uh, but it's the way that I find myself here more relaxed and and doing what I want. Because for the in the first 
times here, the first months here, I was not doing what I want. I was dancing what they want. Today, I choose where to dance. In the first year, I was dancing in cabaret. I have nothing against the girls dancing in cabaret because it's a work and I respect all the works and I love to go to the cabaret to watch it, but I don't like to dance in cabaret. And when you have a manager, if you don't go, you are breaking the contract. For example, once I didn't go to work to one place because it was a cabaret and I didn't want to work in cabaret and he sent me police to my home because I was breaking the contract because I had to go where he, he tells me to, I cannot say no, you know? So now I feel more free and I'm doing what I want. Um, I'm dancing. I refuse the work, the work I want to refuse. Or if I want to take more money in one place, I will take more money. And if, and if I want to take less money, I will take less money. But at least it's what I want. In the other side, no. I'm, I'm like under his control and I can't do nothing or say nothing. Because if I do something against what he wants, I will have problems. You know, so for me, it's more, some girls are more comfortable like that because they prefer just to go. They don't care. They prefer to go and dance, enjoy that moment and come back home. And they have already their promotion done and they have everything done. So it depends. Some people, they love to work in an office and going home and have no problems. And some people, they love to work as freelancers. So it depends on your personality. But for me, I prefer always to be, of course, uh, with uh, with myself. <laughs> mm. I should also I should also mention that it's uh, uh, very also you need to have a lot of courage <laughs> to go to this route. Yeah, <laughs> because building your own team sure. and I'm I'm here talking completely from my personal perspective too because for a long time I'm already thinking oh I need to build the team around me but uh, delegating part of the things to some other people and hoping they will do the best for you like you need to also manage how to interest them enough and uh, there is a lot of attraction in having a manager and I think there are a lot of um, dreams and like fairy tales that oh you're just the person who takes care of everything and I just need to go and dance but then we keep hearing from time to time this very sad stories that yeah you need you need to be very lucky to get the person who actually will be interested in not only their uh, benefits or profits but also in uh, creating and developing your career and protecting your interests as well as much as their own but on the other side yeah. It's hard to find. Yeah, but on the other side, it's super... Uh, you need to be very brave to take ownership. Like, okay, now I'm deciding what's going on and I'm not relying on other people. And I can only imagine all the things that go around managing your assistants, your marketing assistant, your like phone call assistant, as well as the band. Because it's like your band. I assume in Egypt, I'm not really sure about this, so correct me, but the band is sort of uh, uh, connected to the dancer. So it's not like this band performs with multiple dancers. It's your band, right? Yeah, yeah, it's my band. Actually, actually a few months ago, I, I released my CD. With my band, with, no, no, here, every dancer, at least every good dancer or recognized dancer, we have our own band. So we move from one show to the other together. And I have assistants and technicians because, you know, with the band, it's not only the band. You have to put people to assist the band, to put the, the instruments on the stage. You have to have a sound um, assistant also to check on the mics. 
You know, there is many things. Or you go to a wedding. Sometimes you go to the wedding and you are the only show with live bands. So you have to take your sound system with you. I mean, there is many things that people, they don't think about <laughs> when they see every dancer. Yes, absolutely. You know, but there is many things under the band. So, uh, yes, we have our own band and all of this. Or, for example, we have to go to any hotel and we have to hear a bus out of this. Out, out, out mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, yeah. Like driving, driving someone, <laughs> someone driving it. <laughs> yes, so there is many things, many things, and yes, I do care, and I do everything by myself. And yes, we have our own band uh, in, in, in Egypt. Uh, if you have a name, you have your band, sure. So that was exactly like my point why I sort of asked about band, because you not only need to take care of your performance and artistic part of it and your dance skills and repertoire, and the program in general, but you also need to take care as your own manager about getting uh, like marketing, promotion, logistics, and making sure that you provide enough work for all those people on your team for them to be interested to continue working with you. Exactly, exactly. Of course, here it, it's a business, of course. If you have good work, the musicians will stay. If you have not much work, the musicians will go. And it depends also in the quality of musicians you have. You can have a musicians that will take a, a small amount of money and they will go with you even if you don't have work and you will have very good musicians but they will take more money. So you have to give them more work to make a good price for you. So yes, yes, <laughs> exactly. Yes. Mm. How, how do you manage to do everything? How does your typical day <laughs> of now working in Cairo looks like? <laughs> Mm, it depends. If we have a high season, actually, I just stay in my home. Like, for example, for the past uh, month, I didn't go out at all. Just so one or two times to the swimming pool to relax because I need to <laughs> to have some sun and relax my mind. But usually, I just wake up like in summer at twelve or one or two, maybe. And in winter at 10 or 11, because I like to wake up early. But usually the belly dancers, they don't wake up before 5 or 6 or 7 here. But I like to, to spend my day and maybe take a nap, a nap later on. And I should have my breakfast. And like everybody, if I need to buy something uh, for my costume, I buy. Uh, I have someone who cleans my home, so I don't have to care about it. Thanks God, like twice a week she comes. and. Um, I I almost try to don't go to the supermarket. I call the supermarket to come to my home or I ask online so I don't lose time on it also. Sometimes I have to make... Uh, people think it's just... Okay, she's making her nails, but it's part of the work, you know? She's making the costume. It's part of the work. To make, go to make my costume, I have to travel like one hour and a half, check that everything's okay, and check that they, they are doing as they want and come back home. Sometimes I have to go to make massage because I'm, after five shows, I'm really stressed and I feel pain in my body. So I have to do it. Sometimes I have to make, I don't know, normal things like everybody going to the doctor. And if I want to buy something, I have to eat, you know, normal things. And around seven or eight, I am always at home, 
because I need to get ready for work. And uh, it depends if I have one, two, three shows. It depends what time I will start. Uh, I stop eating at six or seven because I like to go on stage without um, with my belly empty. So I don't eat much. Maybe I have breakfast only before my work. I drink a lot of coffee and I go on, I make my bag. I check how many costumes. I check uh, if I have to make a show in a disco. Uh, I will check about uh, my music because I will use a new SP. And then I sometimes I sleep like one hour or I just relax. I try to 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 relax before my work like one hour to be alone, you know. Uh, and I just make up and make my hair. And I go to work. Sometimes I have to travel to any wedding, maybe far. Sometimes I have to go to the to the coast, but I have three hours on my way. Sometimes I have to just to go to Blue Nile. So it depends. Not it's not a fixed fixed time. So that's my life really. And when I have a high season, it's like this every day, every day like this. So sometimes you need to to relax, and uh, when it's a low season, I have a little bit more time. Uh, sometimes I take a two days or three days off. I try to go to Fayum or to Shamesheikh or to anywhere close to the to to Cairo, just to go and listen to myself and don't stress, because sometimes really. You finish really stressed. Uh, you are you find yourself like shouting and uh, giving directions to everybody, and always there is things you know that happen out of your hands. So, like I don't know, one musician is late. Why are you are late, and you have to fight with them, you know, or I don't know, something happened, and the show before you didn't finish on time, so you had to wait. But you have to fight with them because after that show you have another show. So there is many things that happen that people they don't see and they don't know, of course. But for you, it's really stressed. So you just need to sometimes relax. And when you have a, a day off, really you just want to be at home. So in the in the low season, I I enjoy. I try to go out uh, during the day, during the night, or I try to make a small trip to 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 renew myself. But in the high season, it's like this every single day. So it's but it's nice. I don't complain. I really love it. Yeah, but I can definitely hear you, especially that you are not only dancer but. Uh, you take other responsibilities on yourself like for managing and and dealing with all this logistics so Mm -hmm. I can only imagine the craziest schedule and the uh, craziest (laughs) stress load you need to deal with and at the same time sorry many things happen in my life like funny I'm not funny but if you want to listen one funny thing is like we had a we had a a show winning in very very far away like one hour and a half it was near the airport so we go with my band my 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 my, my musicians 
earlier, they have other work sometimes. So one of my musicians didn't come with the, with the band. So we arrived to the place and um, there is one of the, the keyboards that was coming from another show. So he didn't come in the autobus with all of them. So when he arrived, he asked, uh, I said, okay, let's go to work. Uh, he was like, where is my keyboard? And I asked my assistant and the technicians, where is his keyboard? It's not with him? No, it was with the other uh, instruments. So just, I had the men, but I, he didn't have the keyboard. So it was <laughs> a shock. I have, I had other, I have my sax, I have a kamanga, a violin, and I have a um, accordion, but not the keyboard, which the, is the main instrument. So I have to dance without the keyboard. It was, in that moment, it was not funny. Now it's funny, but in that moment, it was not funny. So all of this stress is on me, no one else, because I'm, I'm the one who is responsible for all of that. So, of course, you have to shout sometimes, uh, but always, of course, with respect, you know, that in that moment, you are stressed. So that's it. I need to sometimes to release, to, to remove my, the stress from my body, but this is the low system. And also, it helps me a lot to go and travel for work. I travel a lot to Europe and Latin America. So, and sometimes even in, in to Lebanon, to Tunis, to work, to Dubai, so just for parties. So that moment also, it's for me like a kind of vacation. I use it like to relieve my stress because in that moment, really, I don't need to, to care about nothing, only by, about myself, you know? So I use that that trip also to 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 be a little bit more more relaxed. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, I totally understand the load, uh, and uh, it's very difficult to uh, manage your own career in a foreign country at the same time manage the whole team of people, and mm. also not to forget to take yeah. care of your health and uh, both physical and mental, like just to recharge and uh, renew, to be able to produce good work uh, and show up in a better shape for mm -hmm. other people. Yeah. Sure, sure. Well, before I ask our final question of the podcast, uh, can you please uh, share with our listeners where is the best way to connect with you and follow your dance activities? as well as if there are any upcoming trips or projects that you are very excited about in the nearest future and you don't mind sharing with us uh, here today? <laughs> no, no, yes, I have already uh, for this year. Uh, I'm going to Belgium and I'm going to Mexico uh, teaching. And then uh, I have some, but they, they are not confirmed, so I will not talk about them and for next I have already a uh, Belgium also and I have a um, Spain um, I have some others but I cannot confirm so no yet uh, this is about teaching and about work I I still cannot confirm about the 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 work uh, like dancing agenda in the Middle East because I have I think two trips but I cannot tell <laughs> till I don't sure. confirm it. <laughs> and what's what is the best way for people to follow your dance activities? Where are you the most active? Is it uh, I don't know Instagram, 
Facebook, website. Instagram and Facebook, yes. No, yes, Instagram and Facebook. Um, now, okay, now it's almost the end of the year. So I start already booking for 2019. Um, but they can contact me on my Instagram. They can contact me on my Facebook. Also, there is my email. Usually I use my email for work. Uh, because it's more directly to me. Sometimes I have a lot of messages and really maybe I pass it and I don't see it. So it's better for people. It's it's my 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 emails, my email writing in write it in my information in both social media. I have BK contact also that I use it. Um, YouTube. I don't know. I have I think all this not Twitter, but I, I think I have all the social media and. Uh, they can find there all my information if they want to contact me. And also the information, if they want to download my new CD, it's also the information there. Information on uh, your Instagram or Facebook page or both? Uh? Yes. Okay. Both of them. That's uh, very exciting because I was looking like uh, the snippets of music that I saw from some of the Instagram videos are very, very intriguing and exciting. So uh, looking forward to listening <laughs> to the whole CD. I definitely will put links uh, to your social media in the show notes. So for people, it's easier to connect uh, and um, mm -hmm. follow your activities. Uh, people just click in the show notes and all links will be there directly. So you can uh, follow and get inspiration from Brenda. Uh, and before I ask our final question, I just want to take a um, moment and thank you for your time and for your willingness to share <laughs> all the insights into uh, this crazy belly dance life uh, in general and specifically in Cairo. I'm pretty sure all listeners uh, were very curious about all the questions as much as I was <laughs> or even more. <laughs> So thank you for taking your time. Also, uh, imagine that you probably have some shows uh, uh, tonight because we are talking exactly about mm -hmm. that around that time, 8, uh, 9 p.m. in Cairo. Yeah. <laughs> that we're usually at home, as you mentioned. So I won't take uh, more of your time at this point. So thank you once again. And I always finish every podcast episode with the same question and uh, I love hearing different, different answers. So I'm very curious about your interpretation too. And the question is, uh, what makes you fall in love with belly dance again and again, day after day, that you keep doing it for so many years already? Okay, what an amazing question. Um, I think... But it's not only about belly dance. For me, it's belly dance. But I think any kind of art makes you feel free, makes you forget the world. In that, for example, of course, I have problems like everyone. Uh, but when you go on stage dancing, you just forget the world. world. You know, it's just the music, you and the people. So the magic of belly dance this is about art, okay? About any kind of music that attracts you, it makes you forget the world. But about belly dance, for me, yeah? but about belly dance specifically, is, um, for me, it's a dance that I can, um, I can feel connected through femininity, first of all, because it makes me feel more feminine. And I can show girls also 
that we are not a competition because when I dance here and more more here, the girls are not jealous. Like it, it happened in Argentina, you know. Here, the girls a few times I had like girls being jealous for me. They share it with me, you know. They are we are partners. We are not competition. So I love to dance from that side to show girls uh, we are together in this life and we are feminine and we have the same energy and we are in the same place. You are dancing, you are sitting, watching my show, I'm dancing. And maybe one day will be the opposite. I don't know if you understand, like, because it's a female dance, okay, that will make you discover your femininity and we are all girls and it's amazing to be in the same side. We are not competition. You know, I like to feel this feedback from people, from girls, actually, because because it is a, f- a female dance, sometimes people think that you are dancing for men. And for me, at least, you ask me why I dance and why I love this dance. I love this dance because I dance and not for girls. And I love the the feedback I have from girls. And I feel happy when I see them uh, that they don't see me like a competition. They are dancing with me. You know, they are happy. So that moment when you are looking others and you see that we are girls and each other, we appreciate each other, it's amazing. You don't see others like a competition. And I love also to dance and have the feedback of people that you are changing their day or their night because we don't know the impact we have on the public. And I got many times even people that was really depressed and they just want to commit suicide and they just wait for the weekend to go and watch my show. And that made them go through that depression moment. So I understand that belly dance is for me a kind of um, psychologist maybe that makes me feel better and makes me forget the world, but also for my public. So that thing about uh, going inside of the life and the feelings of people also makes me choose the dance. Mm, that's such a beautiful message, <laughs> all of them that you just shared. Uh, thank thank you. you so much for, for telling them things. Thank you so much and I hope you like the interview and everybody who's listening. Uh, if they have any questions, they just can ask me and I will answer of course in my social media with my pleasure. Oh, that's very kind. I'm sure you will get a load of questions now in the next homework. <laughs> it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm here. Guys, thank you so much for spending this time with us. And if you like this episode, it will mean a world to me if you take a few seconds and leave us a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. Also, you can always find more information about podcast as well as past episodes at yanadance.com slash podcast. As well as you can connect with me on social media by Yana Dance or Yana Komarnitska. I'm very active on Instagram as well as Facebook and share a lot of tips and inspiration for your daily ballet dance life. And by the way, don't forget to subscribe to podcast so you never miss a future episode. And until next time, keep shimming.